You're listening to episode number six of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where I teach you how to identify why you eat the foods you eat, and I take you behind the scenes of a recent overeat of mine. Now, before we dive in, I want to tell you about a live virtual masterclass I'm hosting all about how to lose weight eating the foods you love. I know, I know this sounds like a pipe dream for many of you, but that's only because no one's ever taught you how to do this. They only teach you how to restrict and deprive which always leads to binging and overeating and overindulging later. I'll show you why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flip that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing carbs, wine, and the food you love. Now, it's all happening on Thursday, July 15th at 1 p.m. Eastern, and you can get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com forward slash masterclass. Can't wait to see you there. I'm master life and weight loss coach, Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, welcome back. So today's episode was inspired by my own experience of overeating a couple weekends ago. Because here's the thing, I still overeat sometimes, I still emotionally eat, and it's okay, nothing has gone wrong. The important thing is that I know how to assess and I know how to start to dig in and understand like what's going on underneath the surface. So maybe you've had a similar experience where you've woken up in the morning after an overeat or after emotionally eating the night before and you just thought to yourself, ugh, why did I eat? Why did I eat that? Or why did I eat so much? And this used to happen to me all the time. Like every single day. I was overeating and emotionally eating like every day, if not multiple times a day. And so what we need to do though is to actually answer the question of why. So often we're coming at it from a place of self-loathing, of beating ourselves up, of, oh, why did I do that? I can't believe I did that. Like we feel so much shame and we have so much judgment for ourselves. But the reality is we do want to dig in and start to understand why did I eat? Why did I reach for food? Why was I eating when I wasn't truly hungry? Or why was I eating beyond being satisfied? And so we want to look at it from a place of curiosity instead of a place of shame and judgment. And this is the thing, all we're ever taught is like how to be perfect, how to stay on plan. And then when we don't do it, when we can't stay on plan, nobody ever teaches us how to figure out, well, what went wrong? What happened? Why didn't we stick to the plan? Why didn't we follow through with what we said we were going to do or not do? And so this is something that I work with clients a lot around because it was such a big, huge awakening for myself to realize that there was just so much beating myself up that I didn't I didn't know how to assess. I didn't know how to look at anything because I just kept beating myself up for what I was doing. Okay? So we can't jump on the shame train and, and start beating ourselves up all day and then we often go into restriction and then we swear off carbs or sugar or alcohol for the next week, right? We often out, come out of a binge and we immediately go into huge massive restriction. Right? But we also can't play the victim and turn into this whiny little baby about how you can't get your shit together and you're never going to figure this out. But you also can't just kind of be apathetic about it all and just be like, well, that happened. I'll try again next time. Let me do better without any clear idea or vision about what better actually looks like, what it means, like how do you do that? 
And so we don't often have a good like idea of how to assess and what this looks like and how to really answer this question of why. And it starts by becoming a detective, right? And so this is the best way that I found to describe it is we want to get curious like a detective. So a detective is not emotionally attached to the crime. They're not attached to who committed the crime. They are simply looking for the facts. They're looking for evidence and what really happened. They rely on various mediums. So they're going to look for eyewitness accounts. They're going to look for security cameras, maybe clues left at the scene. And they want to gather as much information as they can because each piece of information is like a piece of the puzzle. And the more pieces of the puzzle they can gather, the more clearly they're going to see the whole picture. So this is the type of frame that we want to come out with. Now, this is why I believe it is so incredibly important to work with a coach because by yourself, you only have one vantage point. You only get one perspective. You get one piece of the puzzle and that's it. And a coach doesn't just bring new ideas and accountability, but they bring new perspectives. They can help you see the reality of your situation instead of staying stuck in the story that you just keep telling yourself over and over again. So if you think about an intersection, right, most intersections that have cameras have many different cameras. So there's four, six, eight different cameras because everything has a slightly different angle to help you get the best view. And so what you can see with one camera you may not see with another, but you put them all together and now it's like you, you've got the full picture, right? And so you only get certain angles with that one. So imagine you are one of those cameras, right? Like you only get that one angle, but you don't see everything else around. Maybe you don't get those eyewitness accounts. You don't see the clues at the scene. You only get this certain aspect. And working with a coach helps to give you these different angles. It helps to give you this new perspective. It helps you to create a shift in your thinking so that you can start to create the results that you really want. So often our thoughts have become so repetitive that we now see them as truth, as fact, instead of them simply being a thought. And so the beauty of this is that our thoughts are always optional. Like I get to be in control of my thoughts. I get to choose the way that I want to think and feel. And so if it's a fact, if it's the truth, I can't change that. But facts are facts. There's this idea of like the truth versus your truth. There is the truth. There is one truth. Your truth is your opinion. You can have your opinion. You can keep your thoughts, right? You can keep those shitty thoughts if you really want to. But if you're not getting any closer to your goals, if you're not creating the results you want in your life, why not change your thoughts? <laughs> like, like it seems like a no-brainer. It seems really simple. And I get that it's, it can be more challenging to change our thoughts than just to simply decide and think something new. I get that. But we just want to start to recognize what's a thought versus what is an actual fact. And so a coach is going to help you to see this. They're going to help you to believe new things, to believe in yourself. They're going to help you to see the bigger realistic picture of where you're at. They're going to help you determine what's a fact and what's just a thought. They're going to help you see and paint that picture of where you want to go and help you to get there and see what's really getting in your way. So Back to overeating, right? We want to become a detective of our overeating. We want to get curious about it. And so we've got to be honest with ourselves about why we're reaching for food in the first place, right? Because we all know like, oh, I should put down a bag of chips and pick up a bag of broccoli instead, but we don't, right? Like a lot of times we don't. So we all just want to get curious about why, like from that curiosity, compassionate stance. So what's happening? You know, where were you when you were overeating? What time was it? What was going on around you? These are all great questions to help you to start to spot the patterns. So I want to be clear that you are not overeating because of a circumstance. 
Okay. It's not because your car broke down or you had a stressful week at work or there was a comment from your spouse or your mom or your sister or your kids, right? You're not overeating because it tastes so good. You are overeating because you made a decision. Now, it might not always feel like you are deciding because your habit brain takes over and you make this decision subconsciously most of the time, but that food did not just jump in your mouth. No one held you down and force fed you ice cream or chocolate or another taco, right? You made the decision to eat and your decision to eat is an action. This action stems from a thought. So it's likely a permission giving thought. This also looks like excuses and justifications i.e. your favorite excuses for not losing weight, right? This is what I call it. So your opportunity is to start to identify specifically what you were thinking and telling yourself. What were the excuses and justifications to keep eating? What were you feeling in the moment? What feeling were you trying to avoid? What feeling were you trying to create? Because once you have this data, you have this information, you can start to piece it all together and get a clearer picture of why you ate. Right? You can start to look for the patterns because the more you learn to assess from a place of curiosity and compassion, the more you can see the consistencies, all these patterns that are repeating. You can start to spot them. And the more you're able to then stop before you start, you can stop the pattern and the cycle of just subconsciously or automatically eating or overeating. So let me walk you through what this looked like for me because this happened just two weeks ago. (laughs) So Saturday, we had some friends in town and we went out and we did a late lunch. So we probably didn't eat until around two or three in the afternoon. Then after that, we went to the beer garden and then it was almost eight o'clock by the time we went to dinner. So we were driving to the restaurant and my son, Caleb, was getting fussy. He's seven months old. And so I toyed with the idea of actually just dropping everyone off and going home. I was going to feed him, let him go to sleep. I was going to go to sleep. Maybe I would have like a little snack, maybe a protein bar or an apple or something really small, but like I I just wasn't that hungry. And so I really was debating on what to do here. So I ended up going with everyone to the restaurant because I didn't want to miss out spending time with our friends who were only in town for a day. So we go to this first restaurant. They didn't have the favorite appetizer that we always like to get. So we decided we would just have drinks and then we would go to a Mexican restaurant for dinner instead. So now it's 9 p.m. And I remember we're walking up to the restaurant and I'm just thinking, I feel like a terrible mom. Like I would be judging myself so hard right now. if I'm like, who is bringing a baby to a restaurant at 9 p.m.? Like you should be in bed. You should be asleep now. Talking to the baby of like, (laughs) the baby should be asleep. And quite honestly, I think I was pretty tired at that point too. And I was like, yeah, I kind of want to be asleep too. I still wasn't hungry, but I told myself I would just eat some chips and salsa, maybe some guac. I would just have some appetizers. I'd drink my water and I'd be good. So my husband asked if I wanted to split a meal. I agreed. And I was just thinking, okay, you know, I'm not going to eat any of the meal, but we'll just take it home and we'll have leftovers. Easy day. So there I am drinking my water and I just couldn't resist those chips and dip. Now, the reality is that I gave myself permission to eat the chips and dip while we were still at the first restaurant before we even sat down at the Mexican place because it wasn't a conscious decision to not eat. So it became an unconscious decision to eat. Does that make sense? Like I did not purposely go in and remind myself and just commit and make that decision and then stop debating. I allowed myself to waffle and to waver back and forth. I created this like extra unnecessary debate in my mind about like, well, should I eat? Should I not? I could just have some chips, right? That kind of back and forth went on for a little bit. And I ended up eating because I was not fully committed to not eating. So Not only that with the chips and dip, but when the food came, they placed the meal right down in front of me. And then my brain was like, 
you know what? A little won't hurt. You could just have a few bites, <laughs> right? And so at that point, I also didn't really feel that full or, quote, satisfied. So I was thinking, well, I still have a little room. I can still keep eating because I'm, you know, technically I'm not quite satisfied just yet, <laughs> right? Like our brains are so sneaky sometimes. So we finished dinner around 10 p.m., went to bed at like 10.30, and I was still full. And the next morning at 6 a.m., I'm still feeling full from dinner the night before with now like the heat of burps as I'm drinking my coffee. Gross. So the next morning, I was just like, oh my gosh, why did I eat that? Why did I eat so much? I felt so just over full still the next day, even at like 10 a.m. And so I had to give myself compassion and really start to understand and get curious and assess and look at, okay, what was going on? What was happening? What was the situation? What was I thinking? What was I feeling? What was I trying to avoid? And so there were a few things that I noticed. Number one, I was eating was way too late. (laughs) So I tried to stop eating at least two hours prior to bed. That way my body has time to digest what I'm eating before I go to sleep. So your body is naturally going to detox overnight while you're sleeping But it can't do that if you're eating late at night because then it ends up digesting the food overnight and it just delays everything. So instead of detoxing like it should be, it's trying to digest. And then I end up not sleeping very well and I just don't have the, I don't feel fully rested. And often I don't tend to sleep as long when that happens. So I recognize that like, oh, we were still eating, like going to dinner the first time around at 8 p.m. way too late, like too late. (laughs) Nope. I should have told myself, nope, you're not hungry plus you missed your chance, (laughs) you know? But like, who wants to think of the thought, like I missed my chance, right? Like that's, I'm not gonna like that. Like in the moment, like my brain's not gonna be on board with that. I'm gonna start to rebel and resist. So I need to find new things to say to myself when it's 8 p.m. and people wanna go out to eat. I need to just remind myself, okay, if I'm not, like, I'm not hungry, I don't, like I'm not eating and I make that very conscious decision ahead of time. So it was interesting too, because at the first restaurant, we didn't order food. We just had drinks and it felt really easy to not eat and to not order any food because I totally could have ordered food. I was kind of in the mood for some Brussels sprouts, quite honestly, like they're my favorite in town and I totally could have ordered some. I could have ate some food there. And because nobody else was eating, I didn't feel pressure, didn't feel the need to order there. And it also like it was easy to not eat because everybody would just had drinks, right? And so I felt like I was... Just kind of, it was like in the norm. Number three though, I was trying to avoid the feeling or this thought that maybe I'd be missing out if I went home early. Like maybe if I went home and took Caleb back and it was just us and I let everybody else go out, like I would be missing out on something. I'd be missing out on the stories, on the laughter, on the good times, on the memories. I also didn't want to starve our guests. (laughs) So if they genuinely wanted dinner or needed to eat, like I didn't want to prevent them from eating, but they were riding with us and I was driving. And so it was this, kind of this mix of things. But the bulk of it was like, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out on a good time. Then when we got to the Mexican place, right, I had already given myself permission to eat the chips and dip, even subconsciously, because I didn't consciously commit to not eating anything. And because I was eating now, it was even easier to just subconsciously give myself that permission to just have a little bit, right? A little bit wouldn't hurt. Oh, you're really not quite as satisfied yet. You've got some room left. You can keep eating, even though I was not hungry. Like I was not hungry at all. And then I was overly full. <laughs> and then I was, and then I felt like I had eaten too much because chips and, and like salsa and queso, it's not like super filling. So you can eat quite a bit of it without feeling full all at once, but then you don't feel very good afterwards. At least that's how I felt. So 
these were just some of the things that I learned and that I started to recognize was that it really was this thought like overarching. It was this thought or this fear of like, if I go home now, I'm going to be missing out. And we could have done things a lot differently. Could have had, you know, we could have picked up food on the way. We could have done like all, all kinds of different things. But ultimately, like that's what was going on. And so I just have to have a little compassion for that little jelly bean inside, that little, you know, four or five-year-old who's like, oh, I just don't want to miss out on having fun. I want to hang out with my friends. I want to stay up late, <laughs> right? Like I want to be a big kid. Okay, but this is what it looks like to become a detective and to assess without judgment, to get really clear and really honest with yourself about why you choose to eat. So there are likely other reasons why I didn't want to just sit at the table drinking water, not eating any food. And I maybe I haven't figured all of them out yet, you know, and that's okay. Just posing these questions to yourself is always going to allow your subconscious thoughts to start to bubble to the surface and to give you these answers later. There have been plenty of times where I haven't known an answer in the moment, but then it dawns on me a few hours or a few days later. And this happens to my clients all the time too. I have clients that'll text me later in the day or the next day and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I was driving down the road and all of a sudden it hit me and I realized this is it. And it could have been something that they felt kind of stuck on earlier and it just kind of dawns on them. We, this happens to us all the time when we're trying to think of like a name of a movie or who sang that song or, you know, there's something that we're looking for. And it's like, we have to get off of the topic and onto something else. And then the answer comes to us once our brain goes elsewhere. And sometimes that's what we have to do with this sort of assessment as well Is we have to recognize like, Hey, I may not get all of the answers today. They might come later, might come throughout the next week. And I may not get all the answers period. And that's okay. But I'm every single time I do this, I'm learning more about myself. I'm starting to understand what's going on and I'm starting to realize the new things that maybe six or 12 months ago wouldn't have like made a difference. Like maybe this was something that wasn't going to affect me, but this time around it did, you know? And so the more you do this, the more you start to find all of the puzzle pieces and the more you can piece them together, right? And this makes really starting to end your overeating and your emotional eating so much quicker, so much easier. Because remember, I used to overeat and emotionally eat every single day. Like every day I was doing this, every weekday, (laughs) I found it really easy to not eat and to not snack on the weekends, which seems kind of ironic when that's when a lot of people have more permission giving thoughts. But for me, the weekends always seemed easier. It was the weekdays, like every single weekday I was overeating, especially at lunch. And I was like just snacking and eating all throughout the day. Now, maybe I overeat like once a month, maybe every other month. It still happens sometimes because my brain likes to spit out new thoughts, new excuses, new justifications at me. (laughs) It gets smart, right? But every single time I do this, I get new insight and new perspective onto what's going on with me. And I don't have to stress. I don't fear it. I don't have so much anxiety. I don't beat myself up afterwards. And I don't have to spend an entire week trying to make up for it, feeling all the shame and regret, just going back into this binge and restrict cycle. So that next day, I waited until I was hungry. So that meant, I think I had lunch around one or two. (laughs) Like I really was not hungry at all throughout the morning. We went for a walk, I think in the morning and then, you know, had lunch a little bit later and then had dinner. And I think dinner even was kind of light. So even though the scale had gone up Sunday morning, which I was totally expecting, I ended up losing weight like for the week. The next day it went right back down to where I was like consistently on my half pound weight loss. So even with an overeat in the week, I can still lose weight, right? This isn't to give yourself permission or to say like, oh, this is okay. It's just to realize that you don't have to be perfect to see results, okay? Let's stop trying to to be perfect. 
right? Go back. If you have not listened to Perfectionist Fantasies yet, I think that was episode number four. Go back and listen to it. It is really, really good. And if you're like me and you struggle with kind of being all in or all out and this like idea of I've got to be perfect, it's going to be really helpful. So maybe you're where I was a few years ago, reaching for food and constantly eating without fully understanding why just to hate yourself and kick yourself later that night or the next day for it. Even though every morning you have the best of intentions that today would be different, today you wouldn't overeat, today you would stop reaching for the candy. So if that's you, then I would love to help. So if you'd like to chat, you can head on over to bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule and find a time on my calendar that works for you. And we'll spend an hour together crafting that big vision and picture for your life. And I'll help you identify and really see what's blocking you from getting there. Because I guarantee this is different than anyone else has ever taught you how to do life how to do weight loss, how to do emotional eating, how to do self-love, because it's not dependent upon your accomplishments. You've got to really learn and release your love and praise and approval from your accomplishments and what you did and did not eat. All right, so that's it. I will share the next time. (laughs) Next time I overeat, I'll be sure to share that and what insights I learned because look, it's probably gonna happen and it's okay. Nothing has gone wrong, all right? You can do this. You can figure this out. And if you'd like some help in doing that, then I would love to help you personally. Okay. All right, y'all have a great week. I'll see you next time. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop. Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.